0: The whole point of what we're talking about on Wednesday night in the prayer of intercession is bringing the lost back to the Father. Getting the backslidden home. And I don't know if you know it or not, but we're living in a nation that is trying to backslide. But I think we ought to be bold enough to say not on our watch not on our time, not while we're here on the earth, not for our generation and not the next generation. And so I, I, you know, Wednesday nights I've slowed down and I'm trying to review because I know most of you all be back next Wednesday. So I know I don't have to do it all at once. And so sometimes when you review though, you get stuck. So I hope I won't get stuck, but I do want to review. Number one, when it comes to intercession, I came into the body of Christ at a time when my spiritual father was correcting intercession. But I told you before, um, I came from a denominational church, and I'd never heard the word before. Um, you know, I knew Noah had a boat, and I knew let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, and I didn't know much. So unfortunately, what it did for me was, and he was rightfully doing it because it, intercession, the prayer of intercession was off. And so they were in a ditch and they were renting planes and go up into buildings and wearing fatigues to church. Which, you know, it's kind of cool. But anyway, don't do it. Uh, but, but so but for me, though, what it did for me was it pushed me into another ditch. Not his fault, but because of my ignorance of the Word of God. And so when I started this church 29 years ago over in the storefront next to Taco Bell, if you've ever been there, Austin's Furniture, the side part, I was going to buy it for a museum because that's where Pastor Rhonda and I met, but (laughs) I, I didn't do it yet. But, um, But I remember a lady came to me, and the church was really small, and so she came to me, and she was, you know, ended up being just a, you know, great people, part of our church forever, and she came to me and said, Pastor, we need to intercede, and I looked at her like she had horns, Um, we don't do that, we supplicate. Intercession became a dirty word to me. And I remember her looking at me like, I don't know if this is the right church for me. And and yeah, you know, I was firm. We don't intercede around here because it had gotten off into error. But now I'm in error. And I remember walking away and the Holy Ghost said to me, I need to teach you more correctly. So he sent me on a mission. And so I taught on intercession for a very long time. Um, On Wednesday nights, I believe, it was just a handful of people, but everybody on Sunday always came on Wednesday because there was just a handful of us. And so I did that. And then in Bible Institute, now Pastor Belinda teaches in our Bible Institute, the prayer class. But I scratched that every year when I taught it. And uh, when I just went up to Champaign, Illinois, um, Trent and Rhonda had me doing a prayer conference. And so when I got up there, I touched it. I didn't teach on it, but I touched it. And as I touched it on the way home, the Lord said, "I want it's a key for you and for your church. I need you to go home and teach on it again. And so I looked through my notes, and the last time I really taught on it was 1997. Well, if intercession is important, and I believe it is, that when the children come to birth and there's no strength to bring them, could it be a problem if we're not hearing about intercession and prayer that there's no strength to bring them forth? It is true that we are ministers of reconciliation. It is true there is the evangelist office. But prayer has always been the way of the Lord, especially in the book of Acts. And that is our guide. That is our template. And we need to get, and we've always had prayer here at this church. There are all kinds of prayers. There's ten. I teach 10 different kinds of prayers. I mean, it's good for you to know the prayer petition or the prayer of faith. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. This is a confidence that I have in him. If I ask anything according to his will, I know he hears me. And if I know he hears me, I know that I have it. It's good for you to know that prayer. God and he wants you to walk by faith. He wants you to receive. But it's not the only prayer. And that's not the only one you should know. And besides, I believe the Lord trained us on that prayer so we could be proficient in the other prayers. Because how do you know you're believing unless you're actually receiving something? But there's the prayer of consecration. When's the last time you prayed that? We won't talk about it. uh, You know, the prayer of praise. I believe praise and worship is a prayer. The prayer of agreement. The prayer of supplication. And the prayer of intercession. What is the point of intercession? Intercession is when I approach a king on behalf of someone who has no standing. Okay? So, I don't know many lost people, or and or backslidden people that are praying every day. They don't care. They're backslidden. They're lost. It is up to you and I. Are you grateful for the people that prayed for you that you didn't even know, or your grandma, your mamaw, your aunt, your auntie, whoever, your uncle, whoever prayed for you? Uh, I'm grateful for those people. And then we've been looking at this. So intercession is us approaching the king on behalf of someone. And there's a lot of behalf of someones that we need to get to approaching the king on. And, and I told you this, and I was very blunt about it. You know, the people that are lost, the people that are backslidden, they are not your enemy. They are your harvest. They are as much your inheritance as healing and prosperity is. Psalms 2.8 says he gave you the heathen for your inheritance. When's the last time you and I actively, like we would for healing or finances, believed for somebody to come back to the Lord through our life? They're, they're a part of our inheritance. And then if you want to please the Father, you got to know what the will of the Lord is. Number one, James says what? That he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Because it calls, King James calls him a husbandman, a farmer. Well, he sowed a seed. His name was Jesus. It cost him everything. But he believed if he sowed that seed, that he would get an eternal harvest of you and me. And I don't believe the harvest is big enough yet. In t- January of 2023, they tell me there will be 8 billion plus people on planet earth. And no matter that the church is growing and good things are happening, and I won't, you know, thank God it's growing everywhere. But half the people, uh, three-quarters of the people going to hell should not be acceptable to you and me. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I'm grateful the church is growing. But he has long patience for it yeah. until he received the early and the latter rain. Yeah. Amen. And then let's, let's go ahead and let's plop here because this, one, uh, this one's good for today. This is good for just what happened in our, Woo! It's, this one's good. First Timothy, I know you love this scripture. I know we've camped here and we're not going to camp tonight. But let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. So faith begins where the will of God is known. So it is the will of God that you and I have an inheritance. And that is men and women, boys and girls, coming to the kingdom of God. We have a part in it. You should claim them. Amen. It's not about um, uh, growing a church, it's about growing a kingdom. It's not about growing a church, it's about growing a kingdom. It's not about growing a ministry, it's about growing a kingdom. It's about getting the Father's heart. Uh, He made mankind for fellowship. Those are His lost children that we need to bring home. Amen. And so faith begins where the will of God is known. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. I know I'm not an end time teacher. Don't pretend to be. So I hear some people say that I respect. He's waiting until the last person gets born again, until his quota is full, and then he's coming back. And then, I, then others say, you know, it's when uh, Israel, this is happening, and some bird's there, and, and, and the red heifer, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and neither do you. I just know I have a job to do. I can't get most people to walk righteously, let alone figure out what's going to happen around here. So let's just do what we know to do. And let's not get caught up in what's supposed to happen. And let's do our part to make the Father happy, to make him pleased. Faith pleases him. But using our faith to bring in the harvest, I think, will really please him. And we want to do that. All right? So here it says, who will have all How many men? All men to be saved. We know it's the will of God for everybody to be saved. Every Republican, every Independent, and every Democrat. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. But how are we going to get them there? I exhort, therefore, first verse. I'm not going to camp here, I promise. I I, I already camped. I'm not camping. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications is a kind of prayer. Prayers, general prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. You don't get to choose all men. How are you going to do that? In the spirit. First four kings. How many you know kings are not voted on. Kings are selected by birth. They don't get to choose, but you're supposed to pray for them anyway and for all those in authority. Yes, spiritual authority, but he's talking about kings. So really the the meaning here is more for natural authority than even spiritual authority, but you're supposed to pray for both. No matter if you like them, lump them, vote them for them, didn't vote for them, don't matter anyway. After it's done, it's done, and you're supposed to do what? That's not good enough. You're supposed to do what? Pray. Pray with faith. Well, I don't know what to pray. Well, Shonda, la, 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 la. Do something. Pray the word. Well, I, I don't like them. It's not important. You're praying for a seat because we're, supposed to, we're trying to get somewhere. That, that we may, how many of you want to live a quiet and peaceable life? It's tied to it. It's tied to it. It's tied to it. I would like to tell some people I know the reason their peace is left is because they quit doing what the word said that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. That's what's going on on the inside. Verse 3, I'm not camping. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4, it's tied, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Verse 5, for there's one God, one mediator, one intercessor between God and man, the man Christ Jesus how you know the Bible says in Hebrews 7, 25, that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for you and me. Uh, Romans eight thirty four talks about how he, he's, as a high priest, he's living to make intercession for you and me. Are you grateful that Jesus is your advocate? Jesus is your intercessor. He's ever living to make intercession for you and me. There's one, there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Verse 6 who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified of in due time. So we talked about that. So we talked about how that Jesus is the intercessor. And we talked about uh, our part then, and we begin to talk about prayer. So there's all kinds of ways to pray. and um, Everybody usually goes to Romans, and we will, just real quick. I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to read it, but Romans 8. This is where everybody goes when you talk about the prayer of intercession. It's like it's the only scripture on it. And maybe in our uh, spirit-filled circles, it's the only one, but this is not the only prayer of intercession. Um, It is a prayer of intercession, but it's not the only way to intercede. In other words, uh, so here it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so a a lot of times uh, in our circles, yes, pray in other tongues. Yes, you can get into the place of groanings. You don't need anyone to teach you. you, don't, you, 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 need, you uh, don't go there. Uh, you, you know, it's either in you and coming up out of you, and that's just the way it is. But you can pray in other tongues. Uh, you, can, you can get into that place, and the Holy Ghost through you. Jesus is making intercession. The Holy Ghost on earth is making intercession. This intercession thing must be really important. What's it for? It seems as though God can do nothing until somebody with authority on the earth asks. There's a harvest that he paid paid dearly for in the blood of Jesus. In the separation of his son who went into hell and was raised from the grave. And he's asking you and I to take our place as sons and daughters, as sons and daughters at the right hand of Jesus in Christ, who is interceding, and to take our place of intercession. And if you do it with the word and you do it with understanding, it'll be very effective and very effectual, and we will see a harvest in these last days. Um, I don't think we have to lose, when people get to this point, when they want to get people born again, they do one of two things. They go all totally in a church, evangelistic. In other words, Sunday morning becomes no tongues, no interpretation, no money talk, no any of this, because we got to get the people in. Well, that's never going to happen here, because I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to shut the Holy Ghost off, and I'm not going to learn. I believe if it worked in the book of Acts, it'll work here. But we're missing something, y'all. And it's prayer. And it's intercession. We're miss, it, it's missing. It's missing. I don't know where it went missing, but we're going to find it. M-I-A. But we're going to find it. Now, as a church, we prayed here always. I think sometimes, maybe my fault, because of lack of teaching on it, And because, you know, when they go through Bible Institute, they get a dab of it. And that dab kind of made me feel good about myself that we were teaching it. But we've been doing this for weeks now. We're going to keep going because I want you to be very aware. And, y'all, you're my Wednesday night. You're my core. You're the seeds in my apple. And so if we can get this done, we can get this moving, and it'll start something. It'll be caught. And, um, you know, uh, prayer is the power plant. And uh, I, I know uh, a, a minister that I like, she said it like this, prayer is the tracks you run on. And, you know, I believe that's true in this element too, where if we don't have the intercession tracks down, uh, we're doing a lot of outreach. I'm asking you to be a minister of reconciliation, go out, but we got to lay the tracks down. And you can do that personally. You can do that corporately. But it's important, and we're going to do it on Wednesday nights because there's a harvest here. People are moving into Madison and Huntsville from all over the world. They think they come here for a job, but God's got another surprise for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there's ways to pray. Jesus said, um, the harvest is plenteous, the labors are few. And I remember not very long ago, a couple, three Wednesdays ago, I was praying, praying in other tongues, and I prayed out, um, harvest ready, Where's my church? Harvest ready. Where's my church? Where's the laborers? Well, we're the laborers. Amen. We can't, we can't fix everybody else, but we can fix ourselves. And we're, gonna, we're very aware of the harvest. We're very aware of lost ones. We're very aware of backslidden ones. We're very aware. Because when you intercede, you become very aware. You are a minister of reconciliation. You've been given the word of reconciliation. You're a, you, you all know how to lay hands on the sick. You know, you know how to give a word in due season. The Lord is about to use you. Me? Yeah, you don't have to know everything. Just Him. Just Him. Just Him. But we got we to we get some tracks down. We got to get, get some things down. And so, it, it, instruction of the Lord is pray that He would send laborers into the harvest field. So, that is the prayer of intercession. Lord, and so whether you know it or not on a very regular basis right now I'm sending you into the harvest field. I'm sending you. And we're starting to get some testimonies. One is a guy that doesn't come on Wednesday nights not able to come on Wednesday nights but he called Pastor Belinda today and he, and he had a divine interruption. And it had to do with ministering to someone. I'm pray, we're praying. We're praying. God wants so so Build a little extra time in your Walmart, and your Kroger trip, in your walk in the neighborhood, at the football game, while football's about over around here, whatever, 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 at the ballet thingamabobber, I don't know, whatever you do, you know what I'm saying, expect, expect, Um, and don't be like me, you know, I told you the story, uh, Pastor Ron and I, when I first got married, all I wanted to do was be Brother Hagan and teach my people faith. And I didn't mind if people just came from other churches because I knew I could teach them better. And so I just, that's just where I was. It's wrong. You know, don't, don't throw anything. Uh, i just telling you where I was. And uh, so my little missionary wife, who was getting whole villages born again, uh, you know, in India, came. Uh, we got married and she moved to Alabama to obey the Lord. And then she married a husband that all he wanted to do was teach his people faith. And she was used to getting people born again and having miracles. So she began to pray. And so someone needs to hear this story again. So I went, you know, back then we was poor. And, and so uh, we didn't have any money. And so we got excited. Now, um, you can't hardly get me. Well, never mind. I won't say the restaurant. Well, y'all know some of you know the restaurant. But anyway, we would get a buy one, get one. And we had one, one a week. Buy one, get one hamburger. Buy one or a sandwich and get the other one free. That was our treat. Once a week, we save money for that. And so I went to the drive through to get it, and there was a little guy there. And, man, my heart was beating down on my chest. and Holy Ghost was telling me, minister to him. Minister to him. And it was everything I could do not to. And so I held it down, man. I didn't do it. I, just, I didn't do it. The pastor of the church who wants to grow a church didn't do it. Well, I don't have a pulpit, and I don't have a message, and I know it's the Holy Ghost. He'd already been working with me—words of knowledge, and words of wisdom, and tongues, interpretation, prophet, all that stuff. I know the Holy Ghost, but I pushed it down and I went home. And I said, "Rhonda, man, I was just there, and oh, it was so overwhelming." I, just, and, I and she goes, what, "She was so excited. What'd you do? What'd you do?" She wanted to know how I got him born again and how I ministered to him. I said, "I just didn't do anything," and she was like. <gasps> Oh, she's like, I have been praying for you. You're not supposed to not do. So I'm telling you, you're not supposed to not do. Well, I'm afraid something bad might happen. I'm, I'm positive something good will happen. At least they'll know you care. You may not say everything just right. But they know you'll care. Amen. Amen. So I don't do that no more. Kind of the opposite now. Kind of just exactly the opposite now. Go into a restaurant ready. And we go to a lot of restaurants. We've declared the waiters and waitresses of Madison County are our harvest field because that's who we see the most besides you. Because when my wife says dinner's ready, we go get in the car. Hallelujah. <laughs> so. Uh, Anyway, it's true. <clears throat> so anyway, it's it's most not so much as there for a while. Anyway, so but we're serious about it. I'm serious about it. So and I'm still working on my technique. Um, I have to watch because you know I just the Lord tells me something. It's like a word of knowledge in here, and it'll work for you too. It's not it's not for just for ministers. He'll give me something, but i got to figure out how to get there. And um, he's helping me. It's a joy. Do they all come to church? No. Some will show up a year later. But I know it was him, and he helped them. And they'll never forget God interrupted their life. Pastor Rhonda got so good at it. We were at this one restaurant, and right in the middle of, I mean, they are backed up. They are waiting to get in. And this uh, server that we know very well, still know her, um, she was having a day. And she just, she cleared everything and just sat down next to aunt, Pastor Rhonda and was like, help me. And I, so she had to, she ministered to her and prayed for her. Everybody was getting mad, but she got some help. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh. I don't know if that ha- will happen for you that way, but that's what the prayer of intercession is. That gets you ready. You are a minister of reconciliation. So we pray for labors. I'm praying for you. I do have to hurry. I'm praying for labors. What else do you? I command the blinders to come off of their eyes. The God of this world has blinded them. It seems as though we must command. And demand the blinders that Satan has put on their eyes. What's he trying to do? Stop the light of the glorious gospel when you and I go as laborers, as ministers of reconciliation, as evangelists, as anything to, to, to so we can speak into their life. because it's the light, uh, it's the light of the glorious gospel that they need. It's the entrance of His, of his word that brings light. They need light. They sit in darkness. Listen to me, y'all. Quit being mad at people who sit in darkness. <laughs> they're, they're, they're befuddled. They're ba- Come on, do you any of you remember when you weren't born again? I remember when I was away from God. I thought stupid. I thought stupid. I talked stupid. I act stupid. I believed stupid. It wasn't until the light came and I, 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 I got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then I had to get into the Word even. Hallelujah. Okay, let's talk about it. All right, so last week, real quick, remember Sodom and Gomorrah? How many of you know Abraham stopped too soon? Because remember we find out that Lot was considered righteous. And if he, he would have said, would you save righteous Lot? I believe the Lord would have done it. He stopped at 10. That just shows that the Old Testament is our example. God said in Isaiah 43, 26, come, let us plead together. What is that? I state my case. Over the years in pastoring, Pastor Ron and I have done that for many people in this church. We plead their case. Come let us reason together. Because you remember, you all remember the cow episode? You all remember, remember the, Moses was up on the mountain? And they were like, as for that Moses, you know, the one that led us out with signs and wonders and silver and gold, and there was not any sick or feeble among us, that Moses, we don't know about him anymore. And then poor little silly Aaron, poor little silly Aaron, I mean, it's almost like he, he thought about it, you know, because he was like, they came to him and said, uh, as for this Moses, we don't know, you're in charge. And he's like, yay, just give me all your gold, right? And, that, and they didn't go to Walmart and get a cow. They had to fashion it. And then there's all this mess going on, Right? And remember what the Lord said. Woo, I'm going to get them. I'm going to wipe them out, and I'm going to start over with you. Yeah. Now, a lot of people will say, that's fine by me. Aren't you glad Moses and God never got on the same page? <laughs> Aren't you glad Moses and God? People say, well, you know, you can't, God doesn't change his mind. Well, that's not true. In other words, uh, you have to watch when it comes. God is sovereign. Yes, he, is. he is sovereign, and he's sovereign. He's limited his sovereignty to his word, though. And so what he said about this is, though, we come to plead with him. We, there, if, if nothing can change, there's no reason to pray. Yeah. Yeah. And yet he's asked us to pray. Yeah, right. He wants us to pray and in our prayers use our authority and use it over the lost. And so we see there how then Moses interceded and he talked to God real straight. He's like, if you do this, this is what they're going to say about you. They're going to say you brought them up out of Egypt To kill him. You don't want that. And what happened? It said this. This astounds me. God repented. I'll just throw this in. If God can repent, then you and I better get at it. All this stuff today about you don't need to repent anymore, it's a bunch of baloney. It's a bunch of baloney. Repentance is a gift. And really that's another element, oh my goodness, that's another element, to remember we talked about, is that I think is missing. We don't talk about repentance anymore as even for a sinner. But all in the book of Acts, when they came to the Lord, the first thing they did was repent. And well, you know, that's not for today as a born-again believer. Well, tell that to the uh, seven churches Because when they were, even the Ephesians church, we try to, you know, we like them a little bit. Because, you know, that's a good church. But he told them they lost their first love, and he told them you better get to repenting. Repentance is a gift. But people have to come to a place of repentance before they can get born again. And I wonder, do we skip that today? They have to know they've rejected Jesus. They've held God at arm's length. They need to repent to open their heart up so they can come to him. And then if you and I miss it, well, we don't call it missing around here. We call it sin. When we sin, we repent. Well, no, you confess. tiki Um, When you confess your sin, you're confessing to an advocate who is the intercessor. So that's there. All right. Tonight's lesson in 20 minutes. So this, people may not put technically under the label intercession, but I do. Because I see intercessory prayer as bringing people to the Lord. So when um, we were in the storefront, this is before Pastor Ron and I were married, and the church was growing rapidly at one every six months or something like that. Um, Laughter. Uh, I don't know what it was. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, I gave up a great traveling ministry for this. Um, anyway, so, um, okay, a good one, not a great one. I gave up a good traveling ministry. I had a good at home, I'll tell you that. Um, but I was really frustrated because the Lord supernaturally sent me here. Supernaturally sent me here. So I wasn't growing, but I know you sent me here. So, so what do we got to do? What do we You and me, what do we got to do? He said, I want you to go to the book of Acts, and I want you to figure out every time the church grew. And I want you to work it backwards. And I want you to see what caused it. And he said, it'll work for you, and you'll preach it all over the world. I found him funny, kind of like Sarah did. Preach all over the world. I can't get anyone to come to the storefront. What do you mean all over the world? But I have preached this all over the world. And some of you have heard this many times, but there's a lot of new people in the room. And so this is kind of the heart of Cornerstone Word of Life Church in prayer. Um, So I just want to go through some things in the book of Acts. I consider this intercessory prayer because the result of intercessory prayer is someone coming to the Lord. The result of us praying. And listen, y'all, don't get ticky-tacky about the titles. You know, because you can do that. Okay, I'm going to supplicate. Okay, I'm done. Now I'm going to intercede. Okay, now I'm in corporate prayer. Okay, I'm going to pray in tongues. You can drive yourself little bananas trying to do it all. Um, Just pray. We're teaching you these things so you can get a hold of them, but don't get analytical about it. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. And so here, you know, Jesus called a prayer meeting in Acts chapter 1. Mama Mary was there. Ended up 120, appeared to 500. (laughs) He appeared to 500 and 120 showed up. That always comforts me. And so if a risen Savior shows himself to 500 and only 120 show. um, Anyway, yeah, I don't have time to find that scripture, but there's a scripture. He appeared unto 500, it says, and 120 are there. All right. I mean, man, they saw dead people walking out of the graves after Jesus got up. And you still only get 120 at the prayer meeting. Humanity hasn't changed much. Anyway, so they all were, they were all in unity and one accord, and they were praying. And so um, verse 14, uh, Acts 1:14. they all continued with one accord. One of the important things about any kind of corporate prayer, prayer intercession, is everybody in unity and one accord. They prayed with one accord in prayer and supplication. Supplication is just the earnest heartfelt with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and the brethren. Then you know what happened. You know, on Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, suddenly. There's a lot of suddenlies that happen when people pray. There's a lot of suddenlies that happen when people pray. If you're not experiencing the suddenlies in your life, it might be that you don't have a prayer life. Not just limited to that, but here, suddenly, after they prayed, there came a sound. um, Just skip ahead. Peter and John, on the way to pray, a suddenly happened in their life. With the man at the gate called Beautiful. Prayers get suddenlies. Prayers get suddenly. And so suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it set on them in cloven tongues of fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And then you know what happened? Peter, who denied Jesus, you know, I don't know him. I don't know him. Cuss, cuss, I don't know him. Then, you know, the Lord restored him. But he gets filled with the Holy Ghost because he's appointed to preach the first uh, spirit-filled message. And what happens after prayer? It, the boldness of God came on Peter. So one of the things intercessory prayer will do, uh, you know, along with uh, Ephesians chapter six verses eighteen to twenty, when Paul told us to pray for him that that all in boldness he would make known the mysteries of the gospel. Intercessory prayer that you pray that it also causes a boldness to come on ministers. It causes a bold boldness. Boldness to come on a congregation. It causes boldness to come on people. What? So that we can speak the mystery of the Lord Jesus Christ to those who sit in darkness, who sit in a prison house. So, Peter, uh, who couldn't uh, tell a little girl that he was with Jesus, suddenly is now preaching up in front of all these people. And you know what happened? 3,000 men, plus the women and children, got born again. Why? Well, you could say, well, it was just appointed it was just it was just the way it was supposed to be, but I don't see that if they they had to pray. They had to pray. It seems as though God can do nothing until somebody prays. They prayed, they prayed, then the power came, and then the power came, and then Peter got up and preached, and what happened? Three thousand got born again, and then uh, we can start to look at some of these so um. So Acts 2, 40 through 41 talks about with many words, they testify, and uh, it says, uh, save yourselves from this untoward generation. That's a good thing for today. Save yourself from this untoward generation that they, might, uh, that they uh, gladly received the word, were baptized in the same day, were added to them about 3,000 souls. And then you go on further down to Acts chapter two, um, verse 38, and Peter said to them, repent, um, that you be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children, to those that are afar off. And with many other words, verse 40, did he exhort and testify, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then, uh, uh, then they gladly received the word, were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And then they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Good word. Fellowship. You need to fellowship. You can't fellowship if you're not with other people in the ship. you got to fellowship. Breaking of bread and in prayers. What kind of prayers? All kinds of prayers. And I believe a prayer of intercession was in there. This is in fear or wonder came upon every soul and many signs and wonders were done by the apostle. And all that believed were in all things in common. Verse 47, praising God. So what happened? So after the 3,000, they all gathered together on a regular basis and they prayed. They ate together, they prayed together, they had doctrine together, they fellowshiped together. And when they did that, reverence was released. Uh, And man, do we need some reverence released, not only in the body of Christ, but in the United States of America. Some reverence for the Almighty. Some reverence, some respect, some honor for God. And what happened when that happened... What, what happened was this. Signs and wonders began to manifest. And the power came. And then what happened? They had, then in verse 47, they praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church every day. Every day people were getting saved. Every day. Well, that's happening all over the world. And that's nice. But I wanted people to get saved every day from Cornerstone Word of Life Church in Madison, Alabama. Uh-oh. I want every, I, every day, I want somebody. Well, Pastor Mark, we'll bring him to you. Why would you have to bring him to me? You're a minister of reconciliation. Amen. Well, they're sick. Well, you got two hands in faith. You lay hands on them. Amen. We're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. You and me and the Holy Ghost, we're going to do this together. Can I get an Amen. Hallelujah. And then, Acts chapter three, John Peter and John and Mary mentioned, they went to pray. You know what happened? Silver gold have I none since I have given thee in the name of Jesus. So the man got up and leaped and walked, and they were, by, so they were on their way to prayer. So what were they praying back then? What were they praying back then? I just think it was more intercession and more, because they were just getting started and um, I don't know that they were caught up in all the things we're all caught up about. Jesus was just there and he's told them about the harvest and he was moved with compassion and, and they watched him and they watched him do miracles and multiply food and raise the dead. And don't anybody get mad at me? I I don't think they were concentrating a lot on the Roman government and, all the problems of the day and having the best horse. All important to the Lord for you. I just don't know that was their focus. I just don't think it was. They were just fresh with the king of the kingdom. They're very kingdom minded. And they wanted people to join them. Their lives had been changed. I mean, Peter went from a denier, he denied Jesus to getting on, and the Lord restored him and he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he's up preaching. I mean, just wonderful things are just happening everywhere. And then in Acts chapter 4, um I, I mean, he he's preaching to some religious folks. Uh he, he gets kind of. Now he's really, he's, I just hate to skip it. Because then you got this, Peter's like, yeah, um, be it known unto all y'all. <laughs> that's plural for y'all. That by the name of Jesus Christ, this you crucified him. God raised him from the dead. And that's why this, I mean, he just was, a little, it's got a little toot in it. Before, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. Cuss, cuss, I don't know him. Now he's like, listen, y'all did this. You crucified him and now he's alive, and that's why this man is standing here. Woo! That's a little different. Boldness. Everybody say boldness. boldness. Say, I, got, I have, boldness. I have boldness. boldness. Not arrogance. Not arrogance. Not arrogance. Not full of yourself. You can't do anything in yourself. Boldness is different than being arrogant, boldness is different than being a know it all. Boldness is you're sure, you're sure that when you say something that God said, he's going to be there to back it up. That's where boldness comes from. It comes from a knowledge of him and a relationship with him. All right? Acts chapter, uh, let's see. We'll back up. Acts 4 and 4 says, how many of you that heard the word believed? And the number was about 5,000. So now it's growing. The church went from 3,000 to 5,000. How did it get there? Signs, wonders, and miracles. But how did that happen? Prayer. And so this is what the Lord began to teach me. If you want to see an outpouring, you're going to have to pray. So that's actually how Wednesday noon prayer was birthed at Cornerstone. And it started with me. I had no staff back then that I can have pray with me today. Our staff here, uh, they get paid to pray. Um, I want them to pray. They need to pray. So we all pray. And other people come. Um, And yet we've done it for years upon years now. It's just every Wednesday at noon. Uh, you can come. We pray in other tongues a lot. We pray out things. You're welcome to come. Um, We have prayer groups on Sunday night. So prayer was birthed at Cornerstone Word of Life Church. And I tell you this, and I'm not being flippant. It is the truth. Sometimes in my life, I'd rather pray than preach. I see the value of prayer, and really over the last little bit, because of what the Lord's doing, I just, prayer is so important, because I see it as something missing Uh, Not necessarily in our church. We have great prayer teams. We have great, but but just adding this element of intercession, and I know that it's not going to get off the rails. It's going to stay on the rails so that we can get to the harvest. It's important. It's important. It's important. They prayed. Power came. Then the church. Well, you mean power just here in the service? I expect that. But I expect power at Walmart. I expect power while you're walking your dog. You and Fido seeing a miracle. How about that? Seriously, while you're at the ball game, a parent knows you know Jesus and they have a problem and they pull you aside. And You're able to minister them. You have people with word. You you have a word of reconciliation. The Lord will give you a word in due season. It doesn't have to be flowery. It doesn't even have to be in King James. I know you need to know where the scripture is, but I think they'll be okay if you say, "I know it says in the Bible." I'll find out where it was. They'll be okay. Tell him what he's done for you. Amen. Tell him who he is. Remember what he's been telling me while I've been preaching on Sunday morning? Tell him who I am. Tell him what I've done. It's simple. Tell him who I am. You're making it too complicated, Mark. Tell him who I am. Tell him what I've done. Tell him. That's all you got to do. But it's more powerful when we pray. Just be ready for the promptings of the Holy Ghost to pray. Um. Prayers everywhere in the book of Acts. Um, remember, so remember with Peter, Peter and John, what happened? Uh, the man at the gate called beautiful. I'm going to wind this down because I know you'll be back next week. Um, uh, remember, they, lit, you know, they went to their own company and they lifted up their voice. And they said to the Lord, this is who you are. This is what they say. And then remember the power of God fell down upon them in uh, verse 31. It says in Acts 4, 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. We get excited when people shake, I heard it say. I, I, I don't mind a building shaken. I like the God kind of earthquake. I've been in natural earthquakes. Those aren't fun. But, but I'm, ready for some, I'm ready for some earthquakes. I'm ready for some divine interruptions. Amen. And what happened after that? They spoke the word of God with, there it is again, boldness. Y'all, in the hour we live in, we cannot be weak and wimpy. I didn't say we had to be arrogant and confrontational. Boldness comes from a place. What did they say about Peter and John? They recognized that they had been with Jesus recognizable on a minister, but it's also recognizable on you. You sit out there and you recognize it on a minister when they've been out playing golf or whatever, out shopping. You can recognize it when they're teaching out of their head because they've been doing it for a long time. You know the anointing. But in the same way. Don't be throwing any stones, because this is not a this is not a show. This is not a one, you know, this is not, this is all on the ministry. You all have something. God's about to use you. You, minister of reconciliation, you amen. All right. They said amen, Lord. Send them out. So be it. Um. So Verse 33, um, well, they prayed, the place was shaken. Verse 32, and the multitude. How many know the Bible doesn't exaggerate? What's a multitude? It's more people than can be counted. So now we went from 3,000 to 5,000, now we got a multitude. Why? Because they prayed. Why? Because the place was shaken. Why? so they went out and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And then verse 33, great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. In other words, they went out, Jesus is alive. The same thing is happening when Jesus was on, the, on earth, when he, when he was ministering before he went to the cross. And great grace was upon them all. That's good, amen. All right, um, prayer. Uh, you may not think this is the prayer of intercession, but I think of the prayer of intercession when a result of um, people getting born again, coming to the Lord. So you look at Acts chapter 10. Oh, you look at, you remember Cornelius of the Italian band. Remember him? He's given uh, alms and he's a man of prayer and he goes to pray and suddenly an angel comes, right? And, and talks to him about Peter. So then in the same chapter, you go you got Peter who's hungry and the food's not ready and he goes up on the rooftop to do what? Pray. It's not a coincidence. You know, Um, I have found in my life that if I want God to talk to me, he's not going to do it while I'm usually watching a football game. If you want him to talk, you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to get in his presence. And you're not just doing all the talking. Prayer is you talk and he talks. I think we got our part down. It's uncomfortable for me. I know it, to sit uh, even in a service where it goes like real, um, Quiet because reverence can be just whatever God's doing, you can be reverent- but when it gets quiet, I get uncomfortable, but that's really where he can talk to you, so Peter's doing what he's praying um I remember, oh, we got to go Lord, I don't have time for this story um all right, I'll tell it. hallelujah so we were at a minister we were at a meeting, I think it was in nashville um and um um There was a movie on, and I just had a, in the mood for a a guy movie. She was asleep, and I just had a mood for a guy movie, you know. Heads were flying and stuff, you know what I'm saying? She doesn't, she doesn't, um, you know, it was a a good one. It was, I mean, there was all kinds of stuff going on. I'm not telling you to watch that, don't. But I, I, I was, I was, I just needed a guy movie. And so I was watching it, and it was the funniest thing. As soon as I turned it off, a spirit of prayer fell on me. And I know the Holy Ghost was aggravated with me because he had been waiting and waiting and waiting until I shut the stupid TV off because he couldn't move in that mess. So he waited, had to wait. Till, and really, it was so strong, and I tried to be good, but I literally woke her up. This was heavy. And I prayed, and we prayed together, and we prayed on something. And, and then the next day, something happened, but we, we had already got it, We got it done, and we just walked it out. And It was pretty traumatic too, I, but, and that maybe wasn't intercession. It sure felt like it. It felt like I was giving birth to something, and it kind of was because uh, it, it really could have changed the whole entire church. It was way back in the storefront, and uh, wow, it was pretty traumatic actually, but I was we were ready because I turned the <laughs> the movie was off but I, but then he. he But it seems as though that's where he needs you to be so he can talk to you. Are you with me? So you can, you know, do a little bit less Facebook time, a little less scrolling, a little less tweeting, a little less reading and liking, maybe doing a little praying and reading. So he can do a little bit of talking, a little sharing. Amen. We're about done. Peter's up praying. What happens? Well, you know, it can happen. But then he got a vision while he's praying. And it, Why do I call this intercession? Because the church that you and I are part of came from this. The Gentile church was birthed because these two men prayed. They weren't praying necessarily looking for the Gentile church. They were just fellowshipping. That's what Peter's doing on the roof before he eats. He's hungry, and he's just fellowshipping. And then in that, you know, he had the vision. And it's funny to me that the Lord used food, items that he would never dare eat because he's hungry, to tell him what's about to come. I mean, um, oh, goodness. Prayer is so important. I call this one intercession, too, because... It was about Peter. You remember Acts chapter twelve. He was remember they had just beheaded John, and John Mark's mama had had a prayer meeting, and uh, remember Peter was freed, got out of prison. An angel came and got him, and he got to walk through the wall and the gate open and all that cool stuff. And then, and then you know this was early in church. They weren't necessarily believing, or at least little Rhoda wasn't believing, because you know. And then I don't know how they surmised that it was an angel. I, I don't know all that. All I just know they prayed. And then, you know, Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were in jail. You can say, well, that was them praying to get out of prison. I used to think that, and that's the way I used to preach it. I just think they prayed and sang praises because that's what they did. And really, it probably may have been a form of intercession because all surrounding them is what? Prisoners who are lost. And they've come to minister to people. So I wonder if their praying and praising wasn't even, because the Bible said the prisoners heard them. And it was interesting that after they prayed in praise and all their, everybody's band, everybody in the whole prison's bands were loose and their doors were open. And remember the jailer's about to kill himself. And what did, what did Paul say? Do yourself no harm. What? We're all, everybody's still here. So all the prisoners will still there. Now I've told you this and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I don't know that I would have still been there. I might have just got up on out of there before anybody changed their mind. But I don't know. But I love that. The jailer. And then if you study church history, the church of Thyatira was there. And it's mentioned in Revelation. I wonder which one of the prisoners became the pastor. How cool. I don't know that. But something happened. It's where a church started. From a bunch of prisoners. And that lady that sold purple stuff or whatever. How cool. How would it start from? Prayer. Form of intercession. How do I know that? Because a bunch of people got born again. The the, the jailer and everybody in the prison probably. And there's a church. How cool is that? Was there one I forgot? Y'all are way too easy to preach to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray. Well, normally we pray. But um, I just want you this week, I want you to continue. I want you to think of someone that you know that lives in this area. And I want you to pray for them. And I want you to ask the Lord to send a laborer across their path. And if the Lord taps you on the shoulder, I want you to be a laborer. There are people, there are moms and dads and relatives whose uh, Family and friends have moved to this area, and they're praying that they will find a good church. They're praying that they would get their life together because we have a reputation in Alabama. I mean, we love Jesus and football. Hallelujah. Right? But we love Jesus first. Don't just look at them and think, nice coworker or this, heaven or hell. You can't assume that everything's okay. So pray for somebody this week. Believe God for somebody this week. If you were responsible to bring just one person by the end of this year to the Lord, got them saved. Listen to me, and I mean it with all sincerity. You can check my heart. I I would love for them to come to church here. I I think, obviously, we're the best church because that's just I mean, if I didn't think that I shouldn't pastor here. But there are a lot of good churches in this town, and if they're backslidden, they used to go to church to a good church, Bible believing church. If they went back there, that's a win. Amen. That's right. That's right. We're not in competition; right. well, we're on the same team. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Come on, just just follow the Holy Ghost, Father God. I thank you. Hallelujah. Y'all stand up. Let's do it just a little bit. Father, we just pray for this area. We pray for Madison, Huntsville for uh, this region that you've given us an assignment over in southern Tennessee and down in in this area in a 150-mile radius of this church. I thank you, Father. We use our authority tonight. And we say that any weapon that's being formed against those, uh, uh, we, we command it to cease and desist in Jesus' name. We command the blinders to come off of their eyes. We demand the blinders that the devil has put on their eyes. I command it to come off in the name of Jesus, and the light of the glorious gospel would go into them. You just think of somebody. You think of somebody that you know that, that needs to come back to the Lord or needs to get born again. I command the blinders to come off of their eyes in Jesus' name. I command them to be free in Jesus' name. And when we go as laborers, that as we minister to them, as we speak the word to them, as we share our lives with them, the light of the glorious gospel will go into their hearts and they'll come back to you or they'll get born again. Uh, they'll be willing to come to church. Uh, Father, I thank you for this arena that we live in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for it. Um, you know, um, just, just in case you're new to the church, I'm going to pray a little bit in other tongues. I don't need to interpret it because I'm praying. And so if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you can pray in other tongues. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, just pray in English along with us. But I don't need to interpret it because I'm not, it's not a message in tongues, but I'm going to pray. So the, the Bible says that you don't know what they need, but there's somebody, there's some things going on here, that God wants to use some of you, just real right early, right quick, to, to minister to somebody. Their life could very much depend on it, and you've got to be bold and you've got to be brave. So I'm going to pray. Bresete l'ambroche salamante in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Man Isa colobrote l'abrasata and a way to be in the and ambrata, and a way to brante, and a way shalabrata and boldness, 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 boldness. We would open our mouths and speak boldly as we ought to speak. bronte No more, no more, no more reserve, no more holding back. Time is short, time is short, time is short. As the sulbrete labacande la mose, Rastola brevented salamantola de brecete a Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They'll obey you. They'll obey you. They're quick to obey, quick to say. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Working with them. Working with them. We thank you for it, Father. I pray boldness on everyone in this room that we would speak, that we would do with all boldness. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus.